Hello, friends, and welcome to a special Saturday edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and the Bruins are, of course, in Vancouver here on Saturday to take on the Canucks. Uh, before puck drop, Justin Morissette of the Locked On Canucks podcast and I recorded a chat uh, while uh, my son was actually uh, having hockey practice. So if you hear some intermission buzzers in the background, that's what that is. Um, yeah, we had a great chat about, uh, looking at tonight's game, Tyler Toffoli going to the Canucks, Andre Kasha to the Bruins, uh, how the Bruins were able to sustain their success since winning the cup, uh, the state of the rivalry, uh, in 2020, all kinds of stuff. And it was a great chat and I wanted to share it with you all here on this feed. Of course, the Bruins, uh, overcame a potentially disastrous start against the Calgary Flames on Friday night, uh, to win that game. And uh, they are looking to close out this Western Canadian road trip with a another uh, victory. Um, as I'm recording this, Andre Kasha is addressing the media via a conference call, says he's very excited to be part of the Boston Bruins. Can't wait for the playoffs. He's going to be wearing number 28 with the Bruins. That was previously worn by uh, Mark Recchi, who was another Stanley Cup champion. He said, on possibly playing with fellow Czech native David Krejci, he said, I think he's an unbelievable player, obviously. Someone everyone wants to play with. He passes the puck very well. It would be very good to play with him. Going to help me a lot. He can find you very, very well. Uh, Kasha, of course, will not be in the lineup tonight against the Canucks. Uh, he'll join the Bruins back home uh, uh, for Tuesday's game against the Calgary Flames. So yeah, I ho- hope you all enjoy uh, this conversation with Justin. Uh, hopefully the Bruins can uh, win against the Canucks tonight and extend their current win streak uh, and also keep the Tampa Bay Lightning at bay, although not necessarily uh, the most important thing considering how the Metro is performing and how uh, the two teams vying for the Atlantic spot are going. The Bruins have won five in a row, uh, looking to win their 40th game of the season here against the Canucks. I'll be back on Monday with their regularly scheduled programming, probably after the uh, trade deadline, so that we can uh, tie some bows on what Don Sweeney was able to do. Uh, hope you're all having a great weekend. Talk to you later. Enjoy this conversation between myself and Justin Morissette of Locked on Canucks. Of course, it's the Canucks and Bruins at Rogers Arena this evening. And joining me now to preview tonight's action is the host of Locked on Bruins. You can find his writing with uh, Daily Hive Offside, the sports vertical with Daily Hive, formerly of The Score as well. Ian McLaren joins the show. Ian, uh, a pleasure uh, having you here. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Justin. I hope we can be a little bit more cordial to each other than our teams probably will be on the ice this evening, though I don't know. It's not necessarily... I mean, yes, there was that Matt Grizzlick hit on Elias Pettersson in the last time these two teams met, but the the, the rivalry here uh, is, seems fairly one-sided. I was talking about this on the show the other day. I'm sure, you know, for the Boston Bruins who have been to two Stanley Cup finals since 2011 and really only see the Canucks once or twice a year, uh, the, the, this is a one-sided rivalry, is it not? Like, Vancouver fans are mentally stuck on that Cup final, but... It's probably safe to say that Boston has uh, left us behind at this point. I mean, yeah, whenever the, these two teams play, it, it kind of brings back uh, good memories, I guess, from a Boston Bruins fan perspective. Uh, after 
the final there, there were a few games afterwards that were pretty memorable and some shenanigans between uh, Brad Merchant and uh, some of the other uh, Canucks at the time. But yeah, it, over the last few years, it's certainly cooled off a bit and doesn't quite have the same juice as it used to when, I mean, there's not that many Canucks left from from that 2011 team. So that obviously uh, takes a bit of the heat off as well, but it always brings back memories, especially when the Bruins go to Vancouver to play. And uh, yeah, we all know how, how that ended that year. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens uh, when they, te- when they play against tonight. the Bruins looking to close out this Western Canadian road trip with a perfect three and record. So I'm sure they will be uh, pretty excited to, finish off this road trip and wanting to do so on a positive note there's no like excitement though it's it, there's you know there's no extra buzz around the games when you come to face vancouver at this point i mean as you mentioned it's really just chris tanev and alex edler are like the only guys left yeah. off that team at this point but it's still i know the fa- like in vancouver the fans always go crazy for these bruins games just because i guess you know we haven't really seen any playoff action in the last five years or so and that's kind of where rivalries are born we're you know latched on to these rivalries of the past but i'm sure that uh, you know boston has uh, many many new rivals since then yeah i mean they've been like you said they've been to the final twice so chicago st louis kind of overtaking vancouver a bit there at west and then uh these matchups that the bruins have had with the maple leafs of the last few years as well that's kind of uh eclipsed Canucks uh, in terms of Canadian rivalries and of course Montreal will always always be the top Canadian rival for the Bruins but uh, yeah not I don't think there's too much emotion stirred up uh, from a Boston perspective uh, in regards to Vancouver it's kind of a, a long ago kind of happy memory especially the way the last two finals have worked out for the Bruins coming out on the losing end Vancouver is the one that that stands out as uh, kind of the happy memory for for Boston. Well, Boston is still in the heads of the Canucks and Canucks fandom still to this day because, of course, you know, the, this Matt Grizzlick hit on Elias Patterson that I mentioned earlier is the latest in a long line of, uh, guys from opposition teams sort of taking liberties with, uh, with our top guy here in Vancouver, which of course we don't like to see, but the issue is always that there's no pushback from the rest of the team, that nobody seems to respond when, uh, hits like that go down. Of course, Vancouver earlier this week going out and acquiring Tyler Toffoli from the LA Kings and uh, I have a good feeling that there's a chance in this one tonight that Toffoli might you know mix it up with some Kings or some Bruins guys rather uh, especially perhaps Grizzlick if anything goes down there like this has been a a month-long narrative and storyline in Vancouver this hit I'm sure this is just you know a, a, a regular Wednesday or you know there, there was nothing special about that hit or that game from the Boston side is that fair to say? I think so, yeah. I mean, the Bruins kind of went through a similar situation earlier this season where uh, Tuka Rask was bumped by uh, Emil Bemstrom from the, the Blue Jackets, and there was a lot of talk after that one about a lack of pushback from a Bruins perspective. So I think, you know, the the team that suffers that kind of incident, uh, it's more talked about uh, on that side of things, I think, than from the the perpetrator's point of view, I guess uh, you could say. So it hasn't really been much of a talking point for the Bruins um, in relation 
I think Tyler Toffoli is probably more of a storyline, seeing as uh, Boston had been linked to him in trade uh, talks, and he's a guy that I had targeted early on the season as as someone who the Bruins should go after. So, um, yeah, I think maybe he'll want to make an impression with his new team against a, a team that had been hot uh, on his heels, and um, maybe the Bruins will want to kind of uh, step it up and show kind of what what he's missing out on, having not uh, been acquired by them. But, yeah, in terms of Pedersen, you know, I'm a fan of, of the, the kind of game that he plays, and it's never a good thing when, when star players are targeted like that. We've seen that a little bit with David Pasternak this season where the opposition will really key on him and try to wear him down um, with that physicality and take some liberties there. So I uh, can certainly sympathize with that and hope that we don't see too much of that uh, that overtly dirty stuff uh, in tonight's game for sure. Well, you mentioned uh, that Tyler Toffoli was a trade target of the Bruins that did not wind up happening. Let's talk about the trade that the Bruins actually did make yesterday, uh, sending David Backus a first-round pick and uh, one of your top prospects whose name escapes me off the top of my head right now, but a former recent second-round pick uh, to the Anaheim Ducks for Andre Kasha. A bit of a puzzling move to me, honestly, Ian, because, uh, you know, nothing against Kasha, but this seems more like a... Uh, off-season sort of salary clearing move unless this is just the precursor for Boston to you know take some more uh, swings as the deadline approaches on Monday uh, is the you know feeling in in around the Bruins that this is the first of many moves to come before the deadline or, or what are you expecting from the team over the next couple of uh, of days here um, I don't know if if many is, is in the plans, but I do think there are some pieces still uh, to be added to the puzzle for the Bruins. Uh, just the addition of Kasha uh, kind of puts the security of other forwards like Danton Heinen, uh, Anders Bjork, or Carson Kuhlman kind of up in question. So there's some speculation that one of those guys might be flipped um, prior to the deadline in order to add another forward. Um, there's a lot of talk about a reunion between the Bruins and Joe Thornton uh, at the moment. And um, I just read not even that long ago an article from The Athletic saying that, you know, Thornton himself admitted he's kind of tempted by the idea of joining with a contender, uh, not that it's his last shot at it and that he feels that uh, this is his last season, but just, you know, the way the season has gone in San Jose and just to finish off the season uh, you know, more competitively for him. Um, Cal Palmieri's name is out there as well as a guy that the Bruins uh, maybe covet. Um, the fact that they traded the first-round pick in the deal for uh, Kasha pretty much signals that they would be out on guys like uh, Chris Kreider for the Rangers or Brandon Saad from the Blackhawks. Those were two names that... We're out there, but that would pretty much uh, command a first-round pick in uh, return for those guys. So I think we'll certainly see some uh, some more movement. Don Sweeney even admitted uh, in the press conference after uh, the Kasha trade that uh, he's not done, uh, that they're in it to, to win the season. And um, I'd be surprised if there weren't additional moves to be made. Having said that, I am... Uh, pretty happy with the deal that they made. Um, the fact that they 
we're able to dump Bacchus's contract, uh, opens up some more financial flexibility, which they really need going into this offseason. And uh, Kasha, when uh, healthy, he's a very effective uh, second line or maybe even third line right winger. Uh, his underlying numbers are are uh, pretty staggering uh, when you take a look at them. And even though his actual goal production is down and he's battled some injuries, he's he's kind of a guy that um, I think will fit well in with this team. Uh, and the fact that he's under control for next season as well kind of um, made it uh, a good deal to make now so that they can get him for, for two playoff runs instead of uh, just the one if they were to have held off until the offseason to make this deal. It does, you know, probably uh, help things a little bit uh, when you're in first place, uh, when you're trading away your first-round pick. takes the sting off a little bit as far as dealing a pick away. But what was the reaction like from uh, Bruins fans yesterday when this deal went down? Because I'm sure that, you know, like you said, dealing that pick away takes you out of contention on some of the larger uh, trade targets that were out there that, you know, maybe Boston wouldn't have been able to get in on because of salary cap constraints anyways. But, uh, you know, I'm sure this is not on the level of, uh, you know, watching Toronto deal their first-round pick away just to shed Patrick Marlowe's salary entirely. Uh, You know, you are getting a useful player back here, but was there still kind of um, maybe a little bit of bitterness in having to uh, deal that pick away? Or, Ian, and I know you like puns, was that just the Kasha doing business? Oh, nice. Um, you know, in all honesty, I don't think there was too much, um, pushback on that, uh, from, from the majority of the fan base or, or the, the people that I follow on Twitter anyways, and were able to talk to yesterday. I think a lot of people kind of expected Sweeney to have that first round pick in play. Um, the hope is that it will be, um, you know, a late first round pick. Uh, I kind of joked on Twitter that the 31st pick used to be a second rounder. So uh, hopefully that's kind of what <laughs> it ends up being. Um, it's all relative in that way. Um, that's the goal, obviously, but even still, um, yeah, I think the fact that they had to give up the first, uh, that they were able to dump back his contract and get uh, a pretty, uh, you know, a, a pretty decent player in return. It's all uh, all nice there. You mentioned the, the Marlowe deal and just having to give up a first just to get rid of that contract. Uh, the fact that they were able to uh, not only dump the contract, but get a, a guy like Kasha is, is uh, a nice piece of work, I think, from Sweeney. And, and overall, I think the reaction was pretty positive from Bruins fans. I saw some not really sure who, who Kasha was or complaining about giving up uh, the prospect and Axel Anderson, but uh, the Bruins were dealing out from a position of strength in terms of the defensive prospect. They have some others who uh, could easily uh, step in. And, um, yeah, I think overall it, it was it was a pretty positive uh, reaction from Bruins fans. Although I, I do think people are still expecting another a move or two to be made um, and that if this were the only trade, maybe people will have a less favorable reaction, but if they could uh, add some depth on defense and add another uh, impact forward, I think uh, overall it will be seen as a successful bit of work uh, here for Don Sweeney. 
Uh, it's obviously natural to kind of push your chips in when you are the first place team in the entire league, which the Bruins are as we speak right now. But do you also feel like uh, perhaps Sweeney and, and the Bruins in general realize that they might be coming to the end of this kind of run of dominance? Which, I mean, let's be honest, Ian, the fact that this team is still one of the elite teams in the NHL, a, a full decade just about after they won that cup in Vancouver. Like, this doesn't happen. NHL teams are not supposed to be good for this long. Uh, does this sort of feel like, you know, maybe one of the uh, two or three, perhaps, last kicks at the can with this core? Um, I, th- I, w- I would say so, yeah. I mean, uh, Patrice Bergeron, he's getting up there, but he's been putting up his best offensive numbers over the last few seasons. Uh, Brad Marshall and still relatively young and Pasternak we all know is uh, kind of an emerging superstar he's he's uh, just in his mid-20s now so I think they can still get some mileage out of that line uh, where you'll see the turnover is you know I don't know how long Zidane Chara has got left uh, this could be his last season he's not signed for next year uh, I mentioned Tori Krug earlier he's a guy that might uh, not be able to come back next season as uh, you know, if he's if he's after that big uh, free agent contract, he he's certainly a candidate to to leave, and that would be a big hole to fill. Um, Charlie Coyle's under contract for some time now, um, so I, I think they they still have maybe three, four, maybe five years left with the core group uh, of that top line. Uh, but after that, it gets a bit tricky to to fill in those uh, complementary pieces. They've obviously had uh, the very huge benefit of having their, their best players take kind of team-friendly contracts. That top line is one of the best in the NHL, and they, um, you know, are very uh, team-friendly deals. Uh, so Don Sweeney has been able to really help that team uh, buy into what they're, what they're doing and... Um, yeah, like you said, they've really been able to sustain the success. I think when you saw the dip is when they were able to get rid of uh, Peter Chiarelli. They they fired, um, you know, Claude Julian a few years ago, and Sweeney and Bruce Cassidy have stepped in and really been able to uh, rebuild this team on the fly and uh, just help that sustain success. So, um Yeah. I think it's been uh, really positive what they've been able to do here over the last few years, for sure. Yeah, they're really like a fascinating team to me, if I can put my animosity uh, lingering from 2011 aside and really examine what they've done here over the last several years. Because every time somebody wins or every time, you know, there's a a new champion, it's all about trying to emulate what the uh, last Stanley Cup winning team did, right? Everybody's trying to look at the St. Louis model right now. And yes, the Bruins didn't win the Cup final last year, but I don't know that there is a Bruins model necessarily even if they had, right? Like, this is kind of a chaos team in some ways. They have taken some big swings on trades over the last decade that like whiffed entirely. I'm sure that like the, the Tyler Sagan trade is a disaster and for some franchises that would be a crippling move, but for the Bruins it like it doesn't even matter because it feels like as long as you hit on a couple of, you know, big home runs in the draft and it's not even like Boston has consistently drafted hit after hit after hit. It's still it's like four or or so big successes that can keep you 
you afloat like over the course of an entire decade. It kind of, you know, uh, in Vancouver here, we go crazy pulling our hair out over all of the, you know, little minutiae and small mistakes and minor things that happen with this team, as I'm sure any franchise follower does in any different city or whatever. But, you know, you look at the Bruins and what they've been able to do, and you look at the way that we pick apart all these minor moves here in Vancouver, certainly, and it just feels like nothing matters. As long as you succeed a couple times, it's enough to overcome all of your mistakes. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the the Sagan trade. There was the the Kessel trade before that. Um, There was the infamous kind of whiffs at the 2015 uh, draft where they could have had, you know, Barzil, Connor, Shillington in there, but they ended up with DeBrusque, Sinishid, and and Zborl. Um, It's pretty amazing that they have been able to sustain that success despite those kind of gaffes in trades and, uh, um, yeah, at the draft. But, you know, they were able to hit huge with Pasternak late in the first round. Uh, Charlie McAvoy has developed into a, uh, you know, a top-pairing defenseman pretty quickly here, and he was, you know, in the teens uh, where he was selected. So um, they have managed to find some, I wouldn't say diamonds in the rough, but they've managed to, yeah, hit big on on some first-round picks, uh, some some later round picks as well, and they just seem to, I don't know, it, it just seems like they have developed a culture there where there's a, a really huge buy-in uh, from anybody who comes in. They really uh, capitalize as well on, like, signing hometown kind of guys, like Chris Wagner, bringing in Charlie Coyle. These are, these are guys that grew up watching the Bruins and who, you know, were kind of fans of the team, and it was always their dream to play for the Bruins. So you can't kind of discount that uh, maybe emotional bump from those guys as well. Um, and, yeah, like I said, the fact that Sweeney has been able to get their star players to sign uh, for pretty much you know well below what they'd be worth on the open market, um, that is a huge testament to kind of the culture they've developed there and the fact that uh, players just really seem to want to be there and I'm hoping that that continues with, with Tory Krug and that he decides to uh, maybe take less than what he might get floated by, say, you know, Steve Eiserman and, and his hometown Michigan team and uh, that he decides to stay there as well. If, if that happens, then, uh, you know, Sweeney, you know, might have a statue built for him outside of, uh, <laughs> outside of the garden for sure. Well, you mentioned Tory Krug there, and it's funny because I, I talked about, of course, uh, earlier the Canucks going out and grabbing Tyler Toffoli exactly for situations like that Grizzly hit, so that there's some some pushback and some toughness if if uh, you know people want to to take hits on uh, on some of our smaller skilled guys uh, to protect them from, of course, the 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 fear of a team like the Big Bad Bruins. The Bruins are really not the Big Bad no. anymore. They are a small skilled team by and large. But they don't really have that reputation. It seems like people are are still thinking this team is what they were, say, five years ago or so. Hey, yeah, they definitely have uh, have shed that. I think to the consternation of of some Bruins fans, more old school Bruins fans, they they still value that. And and I know I've seen some people, you know, saying, "Oh, bring back, bring back Lucic or <laughs> bring back uh, a Sean Thornton type." But that's that's definitely not how they play anymore. They have. Uh, three very skilled lines and even the fourth line is very, um, you know, 
no, I wouldn't say offensively minded, but uh, Sean Corrales a pretty skilled fourth line center, and they're very aggressive on the forecheck. They're not really out there to uh, to mix it up or, or you know pick fights or anything like that. Um, Bruce Cassidy has put together a a really yeah a really talented uh, lineup that that values speed, that values skill. Uh, you know, not not completely bought into that. Uh, maybe they still will, you know, put Chris Wagner out there and and uh, and guys who can hit and and fight and stuff like that. But uh, they're definitely more, uh, you know, more Maple Leafs esque than uh, you know the Broad Street Bullies of of the seventies. I'd say, um, and I, I love it personally. I love that. That they're trending more that way. I love that they're valuing that that speed and that skill, and it makes for a uh, much more uh, entertaining product on the ice for sure. Especially when they're winning as they have been uh, in recent years. Yeah, like St. Louis was was really like the Bruins style team of that Stanley Cup matchup as we think yeah, of the yeah, Bruins. Sure. But uh, let's wrap it up, Ian, by uh, talking about tonight's game real quick because this is, uh, I believe, the third game in four nights for Boston, if I'm not mistaken, on this right, yeah. Western Canada swing. Uh, safe to expect perhaps a little a little bit of a dip from the Bruins this evening just due to that kind of travel fatigue? Or is the baseline performance of this Boston team right now now, so good that uh, you know there there really are no trap games for these guys that they just come to play and still bring it. Uh, you know, their their maybe you know sixty percent effort is still better than some teams' ninety percent effort, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I mean fatigue should probably play a bit of a factor uh, uh, against the Flames uh, last night. It looked like they were going to have that kind of uh, trap game or, or dip. But they went down. 3-1 pretty early, but we're able to come back and, and uh, steal the win from the Flames there. Um, they do have the benefit of having two uh, very good goaltenders. So uh, Halak played last night, and they're able to play Rask tonight on the on the tail end of the back-to-back, which is a, a pretty big luxury in the NHL today. Uh, so that hopefully will maybe uh, help offset any fatigue or, or anything like that uh, in the Bruins if, if – uh, Rask can keep them in early on and maybe withstand a, a barrage from the Canucks um, and the guys can get their legs. And uh, I I think they should be able to withstand any uh, early pressure from the Canucks and make a, a game out of it. But, I mean, you never know in today's NHL. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to the game. Uh, the Canucks, despite, you know, the rivalry, the Canucks are one of my – favorite teams to watch they they are very entertaining and uh i think it should be uh less of a rough and tumble affair as we used to see between these two teams and more of a maybe more of a, a race to to the finish line and i think we should see some some pretty entertaining hockey tonight well, we shall see. I'm looking forward to it personally. I will say uh, Vancouver has not really shown much spirit on this five-game homestand thus far. Some pretty uninspiring efforts along the way here. They did uh, lose one the other night in the shootout to Minnesota that they probably deserve to win, but I'm really, really hoping that a game against Boston will we'll get them charged up and ready to go because um, I know we said that this is not much of a rivalry anymore, but there still is just something extra <laughs> Yeah. entertaining about the games between these two teams even if yeah. uh, it's not what it used to be all it will take is one uh brad Marchand 
ring finger kiss, and then uh, all hell could break loose for sure. <laughs> well, Ian, uh, thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate you doing this. Enjoy the yeah, game no tonight. problem. Yeah, thanks for having me on.